Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. Hello, dear listeners. How are you? What have you been up to? Have you come across any good poems lately? Oh, this is starting to remind me of all the journals or diaries I've attempted to keep in my life, where all the entries begin with, it's been a long time since I've written, or can't believe how long it's been and how much has happened since the last time I wrote. And whenever I look back and read those, I think, why didn't I just accept that as normal? I obviously am not a regular journaler. Should have stopped commenting on it. And to some extent, maybe I need to accept these time gaps as normal with Take This Poem too. So I hereby vow to stop commenting on it. Just let it be a happy surprise when an episode does come along. This fall, I start a part-time teaching position. And so a great deal of energy, a big burst of that energy has been diverted to prepping for that. And I wish I was a machine or something, a genius, maybe, and I'd be able to do more, but I'm limited. In many ways, my poetry, energy, and abilities are like a pie. If a big slice goes on one plate, I don't have it to put on another plate. And to some extent, that is true. It's always been important to me to not spread myself too thinly. I don't like thin. I like thick, thick and meaty. Maybe I've switched metaphors here from pies to steaks, but there is such a thing as meat pie. I've seen them in children's books and they always look so good. But I don't know if energy and inspiration are as strictly limited as a pie. That's what I've been thinking about lately. I think that unlike matter, inspiration, energy, I'm using those interchangeably, not in the physics sense, but in the personal energy to put towards a certain... um, mental activity even inspiration it seems like it can be created and destroyed and so often if you have an output in one place like in this class I'm planning I'm hope to study hoping to study lots of poetry and I'm hoping that that will actually maybe create energy we'll be talking about poems there and maybe I can bring some of that to the podcast and actually have more poems for you than I have lately but another thing that feels like it creates energy is encouragement and friendly community. I have a quote here from Plato, my friend Plato, that talks about reading and learning together and the heat of inspiration that it produces. He writes this, after much conversation about the matter itself and a life lived together, suddenly a light, as it were, is kindled in one soul by a flame that leaps to it from another and thereafter sustains itself talking about that enthusiasm that's contagious. Now, from the very beginning, I wanted Take This Poem to be a place that a flame could leap from my soul to the listeners. But a funny thing that's happened is I've repeatedly been the recipient of the flame as well. And this week was an example. In my various inboxes, I found three recordings from friends willing to do guest spots for me. And they are good. They're good too. I have been 
listening to them, enjoying them so much, getting those ready to post, and they are something for you to look forward to. And they've inflamed the take this poem slice of pie again. How's that for putting all the metaphors in a blender? Um, Okay, thank you for listening through this announcement slash confession slash defining the relationship talk. It's been a good talk, but I do have a poem for you today. It's an excerpt from a long poem by Charles Reznikov. It's a poem that's a story. I am prone to serial cravings as a person, and I don't mean breakfast cereal. I mean cereal as one after the next. And story is something that has just been like catnip to me lately. I want stories. This is a poem, and I guess the story that's about haunted by war, haunted also by hope, I would say. And when I read this, it's like a little play. I can clearly see the set in my mind, the dark streets that I picture being Europe, but could have been New York after the world wars. That's where Reznikov was born. He was the son of um, Russian Jewish immigrants. But I picture a narrow old European street at night and the conversation between the characters taking place under a light that shines down and makes a little room for them in the surrounding darkness. Reznikov is a fascinating poet, a journalist, a documenter. He wrote long series of poems on things like um, court records based on court records and Holocaust testimonies. And he wrote for decades. He wrote for most of the 20th century. I hope to personally read a lot more of his work. I haven't read a great deal yet, but from what I've read so far, the poems of his that are like tiny stories really grab me. They can be how they can be so spare and so complete at the same time. I'm only going to read this once today to end the episode. So listen and enjoy and stay tuned for other episodes coming soon. By the Well of Living and Seeing, Part 2, Section 28, During the Second World War, by Charles Reznikoff. During the Second World War, I was going home one night, along a street I seldom used. All the stores were closed, except one, a small fruit store. An old Italian was inside to wait on customers. As I was paying him, I saw that he was sad. You are sad, I said. What is troubling you? Yes, he said, I am sad. Then he added, in the same monotone, not looking at me, My son left for the front today, and I'll never see him again. Don't say that, I said. Of course you will. No, he answered. I'll never see him again. Afterwards, when the war was over, I found myself once more in that street. And again it was late at night, dark and lonely. And again I saw the old man alone in the store. I bought some apples and looked closely at him. His thin, wrinkled face was grim, but not particularly sad. How about your son? I said. Did he come back from the war? Yes, he answered. He was not wounded? No, 
He's all right. That's fine, I said, fine. He took the bag of apples from my hands and, groping inside, took out one that had begun to rot and put in a good one instead. He came back at Christmas, he added. How wonderful. That was wonderful. Yes, he said gently. It was wonderful. He took the bag of apples from my hand again and took out one of the smaller apples and put in a large one.